0: For the Daily Review, a podcast dedicated to reviews and discussion of TV, movies, and books. Look for us at Daily Review on Facebook and Twitter, and DailyReview.com on the web. That's D A L E Y Review.com. This is Paul Gable here with my wife, Caroline. Hey guys. And today we're here to discuss the fourth episode of the second season of NBC's This Is Us. This episode is called Still There.
1: I want to talk about what I think that title means when we get to the Kate section of our discussion, but let's get started off with exactly where they started with the flashback of the Pearsons back at the video store. Now, Paul, you were an old video store it's true rep. What That's did you right. think about that? Was it nostalgic for you?
0: Oh, definitely. Anyone our age spent a lot of time going up and down the aisles of a blockbuster or
1: Age of video.
0: Local video store of some kind trying to decide what to watch. It wasn't at our fingertips. We had to actually put in a little a little tiny amount of effort to go make it happen.
1: Can you remember when you like saw a movie and you really wanted to get it like Blockbuster and then you looked behind the, the case and there wasn't any available? Ugh.
0: Or someone had swapped it out and it was the wrong movie. Damn.
1: Yeah. It was is a killer, right? Definitely. So that was such a nostalgic moment for me too. The chicken pox. Sequence where all the kids were itching and scratching thankfully these days that's not so common with the chicken pox shot that, that vaccine they vaccine. all get mm-hmm. we really the kids nowadays aren't going to really relate to that exactly what that's about but certainly us as parents we could relate to people being like Remember, they used to have like chicken pox parties and they would actually try to get kids together and be like, let everyone in the whole play group get sick at the same time.
0: Well, and that's the uh, recommendation of the family doctor for Kate and Randall in this episode is for just get it all out of the way all at once.
1: And Randall's like, you guys are crazy because <laughs> that's so like backwards, right? We like are trying to always keep each other from getting sick. That was so crazy. What did you think about Rebecca's mother?
0: horrible person. You were just supposed to believe that I was born in a different time or whatever her excuse ultimately was for her treatment. But, um, I mean, she came in like a, like a hurricane, right? She was critical of everything. Tell Jack, go get her crap out of the car. And all this uninvited, (laughs) you know? Yeah,
1: I can't. uh, uh, No, thank you very much. I felt like we learned so much about Rebecca's family with everything. The fact that they had a maid and then the way that her mother, who was played by Elizabeth Perkins, if you guys remember her from Big, she was the girlfriend of Tom Hanks. She was so likable in that movie and so unlikable in this episode I felt like we learned so much about her upbringing, though. Like, even when they mentioned the maid, I felt like Rebecca was, like, rolling her eyes and trying to keep it quiet. And Kate was like, you had a maid? Like, it seemed like they don't talk anything about Rebecca's upbringing.
0: Maybe we're supposed to read into that is embarrassed about some aspect of it. Just that. I mean,
1: there's a Thanksgiving episode that's in the first season that if you guys haven't watched or you don't remember, I would encourage you guys to look back and watch that one because I feel like it gives some good insight as to Rebecca's relationship as an adult with her parents. Definitely all that critical, you know, everybody like her. She would tell the boys, like, everybody needs to be dressed just so. And then when we get there, everybody act just right. And, you know, the kids are complaining, like, you're always so mean when we're at grandma grandpa's house. You're always yelling at us using that high voice, (laughs) they say. And I mean, that's very relatable. I mean, everyone's been at a relative's house and you're like begging the children to please, please behave. But this mom was a little extra over the top. Did you think it was realistic how they brought up that she was racist?
0: Yes, I do. I mean, if you if you live kind of separated from a family member who does, quote unquote, come from that older time, older mindset, and then you don't expose them to your family and your kids and your adopted kid with any kind of regularity, then they're only going to have like a few touch points in that kid's life. And that's not going to be enough to overcome their intrinsic bigotry you know
1: yeah and it seemed like she was both discriminatory both about the fact that he was black but then even also about the fact that he was adopted like both of those facts seem to be very unnerving for her How did you think that uh, the explanation that Jack gave, you know, how your mom can say like, oh, I really appreciate how you leave your boots in the living room, Jack. How did you think that that concept of racism played out?
0: I appreciate the attempt, but I think that that was probably a little more abstract than the little guy was going to be able to just pick up right away. And uh, it, but I mean, I could relate to Jack trying to do his best with that analogy because i have made some pretty lousy dad analogies (laughs) myself and i know that i know from experience that if it ever starts out with a you know how your mom and that, that's the lead-in. I know it's it's never going to be a real big winner with,
1: with my <laughs> co-parent. I feel like it's never like, you know how your mom is like a hero and like a perfect person? It's like, always like, you know that flaw that none of us talk about, but we all know mom has? It's like, <laughs> really? I don't know. I thought that it was a decent explanation, but I hear you. I think as, as a parent, we can all relate to those moments of like, how am I possibly supposed to explain this really big concept? in a way that my kid is supposed to understand and is in any way familiar to that kid.
0: Mm -hmm. Most impressive part of the whole interaction for me was Jack eventually coming down sick himself and then realizing that his family's being held hostage by this unwelcome guest. And he's got to go out and dig her car out of the snow in order to get, his house back. And so he does. <laughs> I thought it
1: was so sweet looking at him and his pajama pants. Like, I love that they left on his pajama pants and Kevin had on his pajama pants and their boots were like up over the flannel pants. That was like, Oh my God, they're out there like in their pajamas trying to save Rebecca from you know, the grandma, I was like, oh, my God, they they are the sweetest. And I appreciate that Jack recognized that that part when Rebecca goes, don't leave me alone with her.
0: (laughs) Right. Jack
1: goes, remember when you wanted to put that in our vows? Oh, yeah,
0: that was a great joke.
1: I was like, oh, my God, like you like burst out laughing. That is so funny. It
0: makes me wonder if that was ad libbed or if that was scripted or what, because either way, it was perfectly delivered and timed. Just is really good.
1: I felt like the pattern of seeing Rebecca with her mom and then hearkening back to the episode with Kate and Rebecca, I felt like we were hearing so much of the same comments back and forth to one another, like the you're so critical of me. You know, you say thing that sounds nice, but really there's a mean spirit behind it. That was even in the way they were explaining racism. Yeah. You know, they're like saying words can sound nice, but it actually is a little more complicated than that, I felt like that was the same stuff we heard Kate say when she was like, yeah, you say I sounded good, but there's this like hidden extra meaning to it.
0: Yeah, I appreciated that. You know, something about it resonated, but it wasn't until you like pointed out that it was just an episode ago or two ago that Kate and her mom had something during the taping of the the Manny. It made me appreciate the structure and the planning and the deliberateness of the show quite a bit more than I had up to that point because... Usually when creators want you to home in on something, they'll put it in the previews or or they'll really spoon feed to you in some way. Remember this? You're supposed to remember that for this point that we're making in this episode to make sense. And they really didn't do that for this. You just you had to be an active watcher of the show and know what was going on in, in order to fully appreciate the moment.
1: And even what was going on there, even was if you go back to the Thanksgiving episode, you start to learn more about what had happened in the interim, what was going on there. And so it, it really all came full circle again. I realized that, you know, the small moments like the grandma giving Randall the basketball, and they said this is the third basketball she's given him. Yeah. You know, how little interest the woman had played had paid to Randall was ridiculous. I mean, it really was ridiculous. And in the Thanksgiving episode, they say, you know, when they do the pictures that the that the grandma would always say, okay, now one with just the twins, and she would actually take a photograph without Randall in it. Hmm. I mean, God sakes, you know, like this woman's got problems. I appreciate at the very end they try to vindicate her a little bit and have her sit down with Randall and be like, you actually are a special young man. And he's all took you long enough to notice. (laughs) But it's like, oh, my God. I mean, certainly I feel like, you know, in season one, they showed that Rebecca had a really hard time attaching to Randall as a baby. And she had to go through great lengths to really find her rhythm with him. And it was interesting how, you know, really that ripples out to the next generation. Like, how much did you help? your other family members get comfortable with either adoption in general or the fact that he is a different race if that is an issue with your family did you address that at all and it kind of like came up and up many times and so to see it sort of play out over and over it's like wow you know this is like you said well planned you you could see these little seeds along the way where it's like whoa now I get it why they came up with their own Thanksgiving traditions.
0: Makes me think that even though Rebecca's mom made a stab at making peace, I believe Rebecca's going to let her have some alone time to to sort out (laughs) her feelings.
1: I think so too. Well, another part of that flashback was Jack and Kevin and Jack trying to instill this concept in Kevin that you have to be tough. And you have to not concentrate on the things that are bothering you. And then that way you can just power through. Is that anything that related to you? I don't know if that's a boy father thing.
0: Well, I mean, there's a certain societal part of that. But my particular dad didn't do that. He did take the approach of, you know, I, I had asthma as a kid. I still have asthma. There were lots of times when I was sick. As a kid, miserable about it. And he did my dad's advice was things like you're you are focusing on this too much. You need to think about something else. And which is, you know, when you can't breathe, that does take center stage in in your in your thought process pretty uh, quickly. So I didn't really know what to do with that advice. But at least that part of it sounded familiar from from my own life.
1: I think, too, like so my dad is um, of the same generation as your dad, which he is the same generation as Jack. And I feel like there's also this like helplessness that dads feel when their kids are sick where they want them to just be better. And there's this like kind of impatience about it. Like my own dad, if I sneeze or cough, he'll go stop that. He doesn't say bless you or something like that. He says stop that because it's like he doesn't even want to hear that there's like anything about you that is compromised at all. It's like, oh my God, get better now. And you're like, it's ridiculous. You know, it's like your involuntary response to cough or sneeze. So you can't stop it from happening like you with the asthma. You can't stop it from happening. But I feel like it's coming from a place of like, I can't fix this for you, but I am, I am like pleading with you to try to get you to not be sick anymore. Mm -hmm. So we saw that play out in real time with Kevin now, because after that knee injury from last week on set with Sly, he hurt his knee again. And we learned several things through the discussions that he had with Toby.
0: Right. Like this knee had bothered him before. It was a high school football injury that ended his very promising football career. And so he... He had very strong feelings about the idea of letting this ruin his his acting career, which had been the reaction to losing his football career.
1: And it definitely felt like this time they did lay it out more clearly. I mean, Kevin gave a very straightforward speech that was like, you know, I worked really hard in football. You know, my father was there videotaping me. They even showed the clips from Jack being at the football games with the scouts coming and they were making this reel and everything. And then he gets injured. And then he says, then I turned to acting and then 20 years in acting, now an injury is going to keep me from getting to that next level in acting. I mean, that was the first time I kind of felt like they really laid out a, a timeline of like exactly what Kevin's motivations are. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I, it was killing me because when Toby was asking the questions, oh, my God, I legitimately thought we were going to get a little information about Jack because he was like – um, tell me what's going on. What are you thinking about? What's what's making you think this? And, and Kevin was having these flashbacks of Jack being like, toughen up, be tough, get through it. You know, what's your battle cry and all this kind of stuff while Kevin's like walking on the treadmill and taking his brace off right after surgery. And it was like, oh man, I thought he was going to share some secret with Toby that we hadn't learned. But... Not this time, not this week. What did you think about Toby this week?
0: Toby was a great friend to Kevin. Uh, He was, (laughs) is not (laughs) the awesomest boyfriend to Kate, but he was a pretty good friend to Kevin in that, you know, if someone is ignoring medical advice, it's perfectly reasonable to call them on it and be like, hey, what's going on here? If this causes you to go down again, that's going to impact me. So I need to know what's going on with your with your thought process.
1: What did you think about the way that he was acting with Kate this entire episode?
0: He was kind of up to his old tricks again with with her earnest attempt at weight loss and his blase. I don't give a shit about losing weight. And and in fact, I'm kind of going to sabotage you on your journey to try to lose weight. I think that that's a shitty aspect of his personality. And ultimately, you know, relationship ending at some point?
1: I think so. I mean, I can tell you as somebody who has done exercise tapes at home and stuff, I was horrified when he turned off her tape, like put it on pause. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I mean, that is like a gigantic faux pas. Like you do not walk in on somebody else. It would be like exactly the same. It was back to when Toby paused the football game when she was watching – The game, you know, the Steelers game back in season one, and he paused the live game just for some chit chat, and you're like, you don't do that. And then he fast forwards through stuff. It was like, same deal, like you don't do that. Like I'm in the middle of a workout, my head is in the game here, and like you just totally paused it. That was so weird. Toby's whole attitude and behavior towards her weight loss, calling it obsessive and all this stuff. I mean, I don't know. I thought he was incredibly, incredibly uncool. And when we saw her in the pharmacy, I thought it was a pregnancy test, but you thought it was weight loss pills?
0: Well, I mean, they showed the aisle, you know, header or whatever you want to call it. uh, And it and it said weight loss. So I thought that was the aisle she was in. But and it makes
1: sense, though. It might actually have been because as the as the episode flows here, I appreciated that she stuck up for herself about going to the yoga class. I was going to get like queasy if Toby talked her into staying home with Kevin because you know, uh, he just got in from, from surgery and she was going to miss her yoga class. I was like, Oh man, girl, like stand up for yourself. Tell him to screw off because that was like going to be like too much for me. But she went and it turns out by the end of the episode, we find out
0: that Kate is six weeks pregnant.
1: And that's where the title comes from. As far as I'm concerned, that she asks the obstetrician, is it still there?
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so I feel like that's where the the title still there comes from. That line to me says that this may not be Kate's first pregnancy, because I feel like that's the kind of thing you might say if you had lost pregnancies in the mm-hmm. past. Yeah. You would have some concerns about, you know, keeping the pregnancy, especially in those first six weeks. I was surprised to look at her like that because I always have kind of wondered why Kevin and her have had no real talk of children or getting married or things like that. I know that that Kevin has had an ex-wife situation, but there seemed like there's sort of like a natural lack of family talk amongst them. That kind of is strange because they're such a family-oriented group.
0: I don't know how to say that. I mean, Kevin is is like all career focused and Kate was for a long time all Kevin focused.
1: That's true. So now with her being pregnant, I appreciated that it found, we found out now she's really looking out for her weight and for her health overall because of an impending baby. So, wow. I mean, I don't know when she's going to tell Toby. Do you think this is going to become a thing about not telling him? Or what do you think?
0: Yes, because she's going to keep doing what she feels is best and he's not going to know why and he's going to he's going to make it worse. And as the father of this child he won't even know what he's doing which is kind of unfair for for, for him to be in that position but still i mean the jerk's a jerk
1: <laughs> right i agree i agree with you that it that he's been put in an unfair position because it it is like you know he's he's going to he's going to make this all worse without even realizing how bad he's making it really looking forward to seeing how this storyline plays out and i'm glad that they gave Kate something new and different that isn't just about her weight Because that's really a lot of what we have focused on. And even though this is still about her weight, it's like a new and different way to look at it. You know, how does it affect pregnancy? And, you know, what does that look like?
0: Speaking of someone in a tough position, what did you think of Randall's dilemma this
1: week? It was extreme. I thought they hit the nail on the head by hitting a teenage hair problem issue. And I also know that, you know, every woman is very personal about their hair, So I feel like they really, really picked a good topic to have to get on to Deja about. But man, the entire experience with her is so difficult. I cannot imagine having to deal with a child who, first of all, is so sheltered that she doesn't even know that you turn in your shoes at the bowling alley for rental shoes and then... Is so ready to fight that when you know another kid says anything, she's already pushing them. Do you
0: think that's sheltered or they've just never gone to the bowling alley? Like they didn't pay for shit like the bowling alley.
1: Okay, never saw a TV show, never read a book, never heard of the sport bowling. Like you'd have to have all of those things, not to have any idea that you would have to do that at bowling. I agree, and there's certainly like you know. Uh, Full reasons, like you're saying, like if the if the girl comes from extreme poverty, certainly, but still movies, TV shows, magazines, just it's a part of like our collective information, you know? Sure. How did you feel as a dad trying to be in that line and have the other father be like, you need to control your daughter? How would you have handled that?
0: Similarly, but I don't know. I guess I'm a jerk, but I would say something a little more like. You don't know. You don't know what's going on with her. Uh, you you really just just need to leave this alone. This is not worth any getting into anything.
1: I feel like I would have said like this is a special circumstance or something like that. You know, like there there was a misunderstanding here, or something like that. You know, where I would have again like you like tipped my hand that like this isn't just your standard. A kid just like acted out in some way.
0: Right. I mean, his daughter did initiate i know that physical contact is like a different thing than than verbal sparring but i mean she did initiate the whole interaction it'd be tough to to leave that point out of the proceedings but at the end of the day though i mean do you really want to get into a fight at your neighbor neighborhood bowling alley no,
1: i can't imagine have you ever been in a position where you thought you were gonna have to pull a punch over one of our kids
0: no No, I have not. Have you?
1: I feel like there's parts where people like have encouraged me like, you know what? You should have just hit that person. But I haven't. You know, we've talked about this all the time on our podcast, but we have kids with special needs. And certainly there's been comments that have been made that are way off the mark. And, you know, if I were to choose to become offended and get angry about something, I suppose I could get physical with somebody. It's not my nature to do that. But I definitely feel like uh, other people with maybe a different disposition with the amount of things that have been you know commented at me I don't know maybe
0: you know in second thought I can think of a time but it was uh when we were at Disney World I was taking steroids for something I think having to do with my back and they were making me somewhat aggressive in in my dealing with people and uh we were standing in line and we were getting at the time disney world had a special pass for families with special needs to manage lines uh, in a different way and so we were getting this pass for our family and the dude in line like uh, behind us made some audible complaint to his family about needing to be needing to wait so that people that that rode the short bus could take care of their tickets before they got their problem taken care of.
1: Oh man!
0: And that was just one of those things that the more and more I I, I just it was like it was like on a loop. Short bus, short bus, short, and it just kind of, I mean, I I uh, I really felt like you know. One more word, sir. You don't even know the beatdown that's coming in front of your whole family.
1: I remember that completely now because actually it was that a staff member had come over to us and told us to go through the exit line. And we were following their instructions and the guy made that comment. And you're right. It like pierced through my heart. Like I like glanced at him. Like I was going to say like, she told us to go this way. Like it wasn't, we didn't just like barge in front of you, you know, like we were told to come over here. And, um, and I do remember how much that like hurt us. Now I do not feel like we were in a position that we would have gone over and in any way gotten physical, but had he marched over to us and how the father did in this particular case in the, in the bowling line. I mean, the other father walked up to her. It wasn't like, you know, Randall stepped in between, but it wasn't like, Randall initiated that. Well, in
0: my case, I could have taken this guy. Randall's assailant had like 30, 40, maybe even 50 pounds on him. Um I, I mean, Randall's in physical shape that I can't match. I mean, he's in great shape, but still that's a bad fight to get into, you know.
1: I can't imagine. I cannot imagine. I mean, and certainly, you know, again, one of our daughters is deafblind and and she makes some different sounds sometimes that are not in any way a negative sound it's just that she's making a sound that's maybe more unusual for you to hear a person make but she's doing it to like vibrate her chest just to get some like sensory feedback and it's nothing negative. It's not It's not bad or anything like that. And this this woman in a grocery store was, like, really snotty, was like, you need to discipline your child. And we were like, what are you talking about? Like, she's smiling. Like, nothing's happening right now. You're so weird. But moments like that, again, like, if I had a different disposition, I don't know, maybe I would punch her out, you know?
0: Yeah, we'd get a pretty cool... Uh A reputation around town, I'm sure.
1: (laughs) We certainly would. So, okay, how in the world would we have handled this entire Deja hair business?
0: Very similarly. I mean, what's really great about this episode is illustrated in this hair business because although Randall does his daughter's hair and has offered to, to help Deja with her hair, she is uninterested. And so he's kind of out of bullets at that point because he doesn't he doesn't really know the hair game, you know, for for girls. He just knows how to fix it up before they go to school. Right. Very dad territory, you know. And so um, it was up to Beth to be the, you know, the the olive branch person with 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 Deja. And it only could have been Beth. So that's the way we would have run it too
1: uh, and i thought they did a really good job of making it be very natural for her to talk about you know alopecia with her and stress and and all those kinds of things and deja seemed you know really really pleased with everything that she was saying and um you know again that sort of went back to the same comment that like wow she's so sheltered that like she's maybe never been to a doctor that like ever would have noticed that she has an issue like this. These are the kinds of things that would happen if nobody took care of you. You know, you wouldn't yeah. you wouldn't know things that are common and you wouldn't have been looked after medically. So, it was they did a good job of like sprinkling that through, but I thought like, "Oh my gosh, I think we could have gotten caught up in the exact same trap that happened with Randall where he went back in to say, "Hey, you look so cool. I love your hair." oh, by the way, you know, when I get stressed, I go running. So if you'd ever like to run with me, you know, come run, no problem. And that all seemed so on the up and up. And so when she turned around and was like, she told you about that, I was like, oh, no, yeah, because, oh, my gosh, I honestly think that could have happened to us. And I feel like we try to be really sensitive and thoughtful about people's feelings like that. But, oh, my gosh, I, I oh, my gosh.
0: It makes me wonder if the writers are trying to break Randall. Because he has already said that this is hard and he doesn't do hard because nothing has ever been hard, you know? So this is totally new for him. And so um he now has has kind of had two pretty major strikeouts, you know, with her. Where in the in the last episode, um his explanation of of when his when the when Deja's mother will be coming back was was a complete epic fail. Mm-hmm. And then this episode he tries again and and fails again because he basically undid all of the work that Beth did. And so even though Beth may be able to to get things going again, um he he made it uh, he didn't know it. He didn't he didn't set out to do it, but he still made it harder.
1: And honestly, it makes me worried that like, I don't know if Beth is going to be able to undo it because, you know, there was a trust that she had gained. And now it was like, it wasn't just that Randall said that. I mean, part of the acting out was about Beth, you know, that she had trusted Beth. And so now Beth's on the bad list too. It's like, there's no parent who can come in and try to be the save the day guy. When she cut her braids off, oh my God. And she came downstairs and her hair was all chopped up. Oh my God, my heart like broke. I I can't imagine what an awful feeling that would have been.
0: Well, Beth acted it pretty well. I mean, her face was um, just taken aback. She couldn't, she didn't even say anything. She couldn't say anything, you know, because it was just like, what did, what happened? What did you do? You know? Um,
1: It would make me scared a little bit because I think that even though that's like, you know, doing harm to herself. And I understand that it's just hair. It's not like there was like, you know, pain receptors in there. There's something about like hacking off your own hair like that, that would be a really big warning flag to me. Like I would be concerned about my own kids beyond. I mean, she pushed another kid and now she, she physically like disfigured herself, you know,
0: breaking your shit.
1: Yeah. I just, I think I would be, really, really scared, honestly, because that's, I know it seems low stakes in some of the things that she did, but it seems like it's building, you know, it's getting worse each time.
0: It does. And I mean, they, they said that it had been something like two or three weeks since yes. the last time we had seen them. And yes. and so, you know, all in, in a lot of people, at least in, in terms of the way I think of people, if you feed and house and reliably take care of a person for a couple of weeks, you do earn some trust, you know, and, and, but they had not with her.
1: Not at all. And I mean, again, that shows how wounded Deja really is and how difficult it is, especially for Randall. I mean, I think that they depicted that really well in the very first scene with the cigarettes, that it was one thing to argue with Beth, but when Randall walked in, that was, a, that was a whole ball game there. You know, like getting any trust with a man was going to be extremely difficult. So I don't know. What do you think is going to happen with this storyline? How long can they tease it out? Will they allow Deja to hurt one of these little girls? Will they allow her to do something really, really extreme in the house? How far will it go?
0: I don't think she'll hurt one of the girls. I don't know. I see three possible long-term situations. Okay. 1 She straightens up and flies right. Everything's fine. 2 Um she does not and she gets into worse trouble than they can manage and she gets taken away. And 3 um they give up and say this we we fail. I'm sorry. We can't do this. And those last two would have pretty high dramatic stakes because Randall doesn't really do straight up failure like that, you know, but this may be like a no win scenario for him. I mean, I know it's a person and all that other kind of baggage that goes along with all that. But this may, this may not be something he can, he can use his, his, his smarts to get out of.
1: And like his work ethic, you know, like he's willing to train, like, you know, for the marathon or he's willing to study and get through a really difficult school path. But when it comes to this, it's like there's some part of it that that is like you have to be a professional. I mean, if this if this girl is really this wounded, you aren't going to be able to do just like the normal average stuff and be able to win her back. Like, you know, she may need some serious therapy, including medication and counseling and all kinds of stuff to get through this really difficult time. And you know, maybe that's something that they would actually be able to touch on as a show. Maybe they will be able to show that, like, you know, sometimes love and just truly loving with the best giving heart isn't enough to help someone along. And, you know, we have loved ones and people that that we, um, you know, have been in their lives where, you know, needing to seek counseling or needing to seek help uh, in a way that's well beyond just, but I love you so much, can't you get better? that isn't that isn't enough, and that isn't a thing, you know, yeah, that they have to have professional help in in a bigger capacity, and maybe this is a way to show that, like you know where Randall will have to reach out and say, You know what, I think we need more professional help here, and you know it would be really nice for them to touch on you know uh teenage depression and teenage sadness and and how to how to deal with that because surely there's a percentage of the audience who has a teenager in their home who they feel like I can't reach anymore. What do I do, you know? And maybe this can provide some options and some ideas.
0: Well, there may be at this point a need for a third party like a therapist or a social worker or something to try to bridge the gap if if there can be anything rebuilt with this girl.
1: And maybe not even focus on the relationship between Beth, Randall, and Deja, but focus on healing Deja. And like, what does that take? And maybe that comes before... Uh, You feeling like you have this great rapport with her, you know, like maybe right now we're sort of looking at it like, well, you know, it's a win if Randall and her get along great, but she could still be not a healed person and not okay. And so really the win is for her to become a healed individual.
0: See, I'm I'm kind of a dickhead, I guess. I mean, at a certain point, I would just break, you know, and be like, you know what? This is a million dollar house. None of us here are threatening you in any way. We're only offering to help you, but we will gladly send your ass back to where you have to fight for food with all the other orphans or wherever you came from if that's what you want. But in order to stay here, you're going to have to talk to the rest of us and, and deal with us.
1: It was clear, though, that she had been in positions like that before because she was packing her bag after the incident with the bowling alley. And Beth came in. She was packing her bag. And Beth's like, what are you doing? And she said, well, I pushed someone so you're going to kick me out. And so in a way, I feel like she's been there before. She has been in families like that. Maybe that was even her goal, you know, was like uh, kind of a very low stakes. Well, I'm just going to push someone. And that's going to be enough to get me out of this particular situation.
0: And that, I mean, I'm just, I am sheltered. And I think that that's insane. Just... She doesn't know what she has here, you know, and she is potentially just throwing it away. And I'm not sure what would motivate you to do that.
1: I think that's a good question. I think, I mean, part of it, like we talked about, is just the amount of damage that's been done to her that she can't recognize a good thing anymore. And we've, we've seen that before, like, you know, in people with relationships where you say like, you know, a damaged person seeks out other damaged people, you know, they're not, they're not, um comforted by being around those who are doing well that's that's not a comfort for them Mm. they you know misery loves company kind of thing
0: like like our theory about toby and kate
1: kind of yeah that like if kate gets healthier and has a better disposition and feels better about herself and and her confidence and stuff well maybe she's less appealing to toby then Mm -hmm. you know at that point well maybe deja is like sort of in that same area but like she's she doesn't necessarily find comfort in you know the idea of um These people who are doing so well, you know, in many ways, even though I think they're doing a great job of trying to show their flaws, trying to say like, you know, God, Randall shared that he had the two nervous breakdowns. He was trying to say, I'm by no means perfect and I can't handle stress either. And, you know, here's what happens to my body. He's being really honest, but I just think that she's not ready to hear that or can't really apply that to herself.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, if it was our house, it would have been like next thing. You'd have been in there like laying out the idea that, you know, we're glad to have you in this house, but you need to know that this until we get a real handle on what's going on here, we're going to talk about everything that we need to do in order to manage everybody.
1: I think that's absolutely true. But I can guarantee you that the second that she stepped foot down in that kitchen with her hair cut off, I guarantee you, I would take a sidestep outside and call the social worker and say, this is off the rails. Like I thought we had made a, you know, a small step forward, but no, this is going badly. And I would seek out professional help for her because again, it's one thing to provide a stable environment and a happy home and love but for for there, there are people who need more than that, you know, and like I said, maybe she needs medication. Maybe she needs, uh, you know, certainly to be able to talk about all the things that have happened to her with like a safe third party that isn't even the people she has to see every day, you know, because she may not want to open that stuff up to Beth and then have to sit across the dinner table from her, you know. Yeah. So I, I definitely think we would absolutely call in reinforcements. And I'm kind of surprised that they haven't had to so far. The fact that it's been several weeks and there's only been a pushing at the bowling alley and she wasn't washing her hair is actually pretty like wow. Okay. Then then she actually was kind of going along with the routine in some way.
0: Yeah. C minus.
1: <laughs> Paul. You, you would be a tough case, I know. But at the same time, I feel like you would also you would break down and be like, oh, I just want to help this kid so bad. I just wish that they would let, you know, that she would let you in. I know that that's the way you are. Because we are the people who see this stray dog on the side of the road and are like pleading with it to come over and get help, you know. But there's been times when that dog just will not come over to you, you know, snaps at you or does something. And then you do have to back up and say like, oh, crap. I may not be the one that's trained enough. To be able to help this dog. Right. Yeah, And that's kind of where I feel like where we're at. Where it's like, boy, she may need more help than they are able to give. You know, than reading some blogs about foster kids is able right. to help. Yeah. So th- I think this, this subject is going to get really interesting. I do think they have to bring in something else. This can't just be about fostering. I feel like it's going to be more about mental health, physical abuse, how to heal those things. I can see a lot of that coming in all of this. Maybe it will even encourage Randall to go... And get, seek some counseling for all of his situations. Maybe she will kind of show him through her experiences like, oh, maybe I instead of having nervous breakdowns, I could go talk to somebody about this. stuff." As long
0: as it's meaningful shit, you know, like you could see where this sort of thing could make a, a wedge between Beth and Randall. And I would hate to see that be the way that they go because that feels cheap and expected for nighttime drama well then you know formulaically the next thing would be that they get into a big fight about how to handle her you know what i mean and that turns into a thing for a while
1: i agree with you wholeheartedly so
0: so done you know
1: yeah and i would absolutely watch a show if there was a program out there that was just about randall beth and their family that didn't have any of the rest of the people in it i would watch that program because they are a great family and so it does kind of break your heart to have them open up their home to anyone and have it, especially after William could have been a really negative experience and it was such a positive experience for them. And so now they've opened their home again to somebody else that they really don't know at all. And, you know, this is turning out so negative. It's hard to see them have that sort of that experience. So I'm really looking forward to next week.
0: Me too. This show has got me hooked. And so I look forward to every new episode and catch up with what's going on with the Pearsons. Catch us on iTunes or your preferred podcast software, our website, dailyreview.com, that's D-A-L-E-Y review.com, Facebook or Twitter, or wherever you find us. Please leave us a comment and a rating to let us know what you think of the show.
1: Thanks for listening, pod people. Thanks for listening to my mom and dad. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Just go home, folks.